It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas, also a physician, and a lot on the table, Senator, starting with what is arguably the the top news of the day, and that is this leak from the Supreme Court uh, with the draft opinion written by Justice Alito. Uh, Your reaction and thoughts on the leak? Well, good morning, David, and good morning to your listeners. Certainly, this is an egregious attack on the institution of the Supreme Court. For someone to leak this document and the press to be complicit in the leak undermines the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. But, you know, we shouldn't be surprised because of that. That's what Democrats do when they don't like the outcome. So beyond that, I think I'm very interested in waiting to hear what the Supreme Court has to say about this situation, and they they need to say something today. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the questions that's been running around in my mind is how will the court react? Uh, will they issue a statement to this? The FBI is now investigating the nature of the leak, and we may or may not find out in time how this all occurred. But uh, if you could place yourself uh, in the court, so to speak, what do you think their reaction should be? Well, I think number one is to protect their reputation uh, and the sanctity of the Supreme Court. So I think get the facts first, right? So let's find out who leaked this and how it was leaked and why it was leaked before we rush to judgment. I think that we need to, re- to find the facts first. Again, the physician in me wants to find all the facts and not overreact, not make a diagnosis too soon. So I, I think that they are circling the wagons, and I think they need to talk this through. Uh, they're some of the greatest minds in the world, and they need to think this through. But I do think they have to say something to the American public. Um, and I, what is the responsibility in the press in this situation? Is the press, you know, helping? Uh, you know, whoever leaked this obviously is a person who disagrees uh, with 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 the uh, first draft of this report. Uh, and and how? What is the press's responsibility in the situation as well? So let's follow this path. And I think today, among our many conversations as an elected official, a lot of this will also draw on your uh, credentials, if you will, as a as a physician. And we have quite a bit on the table here. One thing I'd like to discuss that I have not heard much of yet is what has happened between 1973 and now, the evolution of science and technology when it comes to what we understood then versus what we understand now. And that, in a sense, goes to the uh, much of this case uh, when you talk about an abortion operation after the first 15 weeks of pregnancy. We knew a lot less then. We had a lot less access to you know, technology that was developed to sustain the life uh, of, uh, of a you know, early birth or, or something else to help a child in the womb. So let's talk about the science and the evolution and what we know now versus then. Yeah, David, you make a great point. And thank, thank God for 3D ultrasounds. If any one of your listeners have not had the pleasure of going to a 3D ultrasound viewing, so to speak, with a pregnant mom, it's just incredible. What we know is that these babies can feel pain after 15 weeks. 
Next, we also know that they're going to respond to the mom's voice, to a sibling's voice. I'll be in a, in a mom's room, and I've delivered over 5,000 babies, so I've done a few of these visits. Uh, I'll be sitting there listening to the baby's heartbeat, and the little brother or sister in the room will say, Mommy, is that my baby brother or sister's heartbeat? And you can actually see the baby move. You could, I can feel the baby move. If I'm doing a sonogram, I can see the baby move. The heartbeat increases. And when the mom says something you know, reassuring, you can almost see the baby kind of calm back down. So I think that's the biggest difference in the science. Uh, and then, of course, just uh, how maybe in 1973, I would suppose a baby had to be you know, 27 weeks or long to have a chance of surviving. And now it's probably more like 21, 22 weeks. Uh, so, yes, we've learned a lot. Yeah, and I think that's important to this discussion for understanding. There's so much emotion wrapped in in the uh, in the abortion issue, and we'll get to the constitutional in a moment. That is certainly part of your role as an elected official, as one of the representatives in a branch of government. But as the science evolves and we know more, uh, it seems to run concurrent with the constitutionality or the lack of constitutionality in the decision around Roe v. Wade, arguably uh, by some, and I'll put bo- you know, both sides on the table for discussion purposes, uh, a case of judicial activism, even where and when the court does apply what is often called the greater good argument. Yeah, David, uh, in our church, we have a saying where the Bible's quiet, we're quiet. Where the Bible doesn't speak, we don't speak. And I think that's kind of been my philosophy on the Constitution. I'm a physician. I don't claim to be a constitutional lawyer. uh, But I think Roe v. Wade was drawn up out of thin air. I don't see anything in the Constitution that would support it. And what we're talking about now is really putting this decision on this very critical issue back into the states. This will let the states decide it rather than nine non-elected officials, and I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, Where the Constitution is silent, we should be silent. And to that point, I believe in the system, and even it – let's just call it with its uh, mistakes, its flaws, whatever word someone wants to to use. Our system in this country will remain stronger – if the system exists, even in disagreement, and that's my way of putting it, uh, and, and that is what makes us so superior as a as a cultural and a legal foundation. To me, this leak is an attack on that foundation and an attempt to influence even not necessarily the court, because I really believe these justices are where they are, and we've seen that in past. Of course, the court can surprise you, but... This is really a political uh, play, rather by the individual or individuals, plural, involved in this leak. And what will be used by the Democrat Party to drive voters to the polls and primaries and then on to the general election? Right, David. I think now you're getting to the point that I really think is important, and I hope your listeners catch, and that's the political side of this. You know, like I said earlier, when the Democrats don't like the, out- the outcome and the decisions, then they, they, they start doing unconstitutional things. They don't like the outcome of votes in the Senate, so they want to get rid of the filibuster. They don't like the outcome of the balance of power in the Senate, so they want to make Puerto Rico and D.C. a state. They don't like the way elections go, so they want to federalize them and deny states' rights to run their own elections. 
And all the while, remember this, the national media is complicit. They help them do their bidding. So I think this issue to me, yes, we need to talk about the Supreme Court, but America is going to look and see how the Democrats are, are acting. You know, they, they want to change the rules. If they don't like the outcome of the ball game, they want to go back and change the rules uh, and, and, and weigh the, the scale in their favor. My guest, Senator Roger Marshall uh, from Kansas. Uh, other issues on the table, Senator. You know, you and I need to do an hour one day. We, we've got so many issues to cover. Uh, but let's go to the TV Parental Guidelines Monitoring Board. Uh, and, you know, these in so many ways tie together, legally, culturally, and otherwise. We have this, you know, this, this attempt, and unfortunately successful many times by the left, to change culture by by going to children, by, by changing the way a generation views things. So uh, what is your position, your target, your issue, uh, and what would you like to see happen? Right, David. I, I think much of America is waking up and seeing this far radical right agenda uh, trying to promote this transgender issue. And even our own HHS wants to take away funding for hospitals and doctors that refuse to participate in transgender surgeries, uh, participate in giving uh, the medicines, which is really an attack on my faith. It's an attack on my conscious objection. And now we have Disney promising that they're going to start educating on some of these issues, including transgender, call it grooming if you want to, uh, through through their programming. So much like Uh, There is uh, parental guidance for TV for sexual content. I think that we're calling on this TV parental guidelines monitoring board to call out Disney. So when Disney is doing grooming, when they're promoting transgender lifestyles, which I just – I don't – we have the tail wagging the dog. I have nothing against transgender people, but I don't think that we should be having kids uh, shows – uh, programming and encouraging it. I don't think the school should be promoting it. And I, I think this is a 90-10 issue. I think 90% of Americans would agree with me. I would encourage your parents, I mean, your listeners, to reach out to the TV Parental Guidelines Monitoring Board and to, to watch out for this. And they can do that at TVOMB at TV Guidelines. Let's now bring in your medical expertise. See, you, you're, you're such a perfect guest in this sense for today that it's almost as if we planned it to go with both the news and the issues, and we did in part. Uh, but now let's talk about the development of young children. You, you've delivered over 5,000 babies, but in your studies and in your practice, uh, obviously you see the, the growth of children and young children. And it is grooming. If, if in a society we had an effort to say, groom young people to do something that was an aberrant form of behavior that let's say grooming them to shoot someone we wouldn't allow it because they're not capable of understanding the action, the consequences, and more. So grooming children and brain development uh, tied to what we're talking about here from, from, the, from Dr. Marshall. Yeah, David, I mean, you, again, you bring up just a, such a great point. Um, I took care of a lot of adolescent girls with challenges. Uh, my first year in residence, I delivered three 13-year-olds' babies. And it was at that point I made a commitment to making sure that uh, there was access to to family planning for for everybody that needed it, 
sexually transmitted diseases, um, premature uh, adolescence, and then delayed and everything in between. And I always thought it was my job as a doctor to hold the patient's hands and the mom's hands and just get the patient through adolescence without any permanent scar tissue so that they could go back and, and maybe fix some things. And, and most all those, un- those young ladies, we, we helped them, and thanks to some love of their parents, they made it through. But these transgender procedures are irreversible. The medications that they give them in many cases are irreversible. It's going to cause infertility. So my point would be is that 80% of people with, with transgender dysphoria grow out of it. And what do you do with that person that grew out of it, but they no longer have their boy parts or their girl parts? Uh, do you think that that's going to lead to some other psychological consequences? I, we've all obviously we've been through adolescence. We've had kids go through adolescence, grandkids. It's a struggling time. And again, I think our job should be to hold their hands, not push them, and certainly not give uh, irreversible treatments. And this White House wants to do it without parental consent. So that's very troubling. What, you know, and again, uh, speaking of Dr. Marshall in, in this sense, what would you advise parents to do when their children, and this wraps actually all of our topics together in a sense, when their children are being heavily influenced or over-influenced in a direction that they don't agree with. You know, there, there is a strategy there, obviously, to whether confuse or change the child's thinking, the direction that they focus on. But now parents have an incredibly tough challenge and depending on situation in the family, the work environment with the children, uh, you know, they have to deal with this. So what would you suggest? Goodness, David. I think I'd have to get my child out of that situation. If my child's teacher was grooming, pushing his issues, I don't think I could ever overcome it. Uh, you think about the people who influenced our lives. It was my coaches and teachers I was spending more time with than my own parents for the most part. Um, I, I, I think this is why I'm calling on young men and women, godly young men and women with traditional American values to run for the school board, to go into teaching, to go into those professions. Uh, but I, I think to answer your question, you're going to have to get them out of those situations and instead, you know, encourage them to, to go play sports, to learn a band instruments, you know, those, those time-honored traditions that, uh, that, that maybe helped grow the person into who we all be, became as well. So I think they're just better value, better use of their time. Uh, the parents need to stay engaged in what the curriculum is being taught. Uh, our kids right now aren't learning reading, writing, arithmetic, and computer skills. So why would we be taking class time away from those issues, which we all agree need to be taught, and spending it on this issue? Uh, so they better be you know, running for school board, and we need, again, we need young men and women to go into teaching, and then they can become the principals and the, and the superintendents as well. Senator, uh, we'll step away from that, uh, and I realize we're running a little bit long here, but I always appreciate your time on another issue, uh, inflation for so many Americans across the board, uh, and a move to uh, Visa and MasterCard to forego their fee increases, uh, especially when it comes to independent grocers and customers who are dealing with these rising costs across the, across the board. Right. So 
recently, Visa MasterCard increased their swipe fees for credit cards another 2%. The, those, those places, grocery stores, uh, where you get your gasoline, they operate on very thin margins, so those are going to have to be passed on to consumers, and it's inflationary. The problem is we only have uh, basically those those two companies control Visa and MasterCard control 80% of the market. Uh, we want to make it easier for other people to enter the market. Trying to come up with solutions for that. Um, one more issue, you know, I would just say this: capitalism without competition is unfair, and it creates opportunities for exploitation. This is not the only industry that this is occurring in. Uh, it's occurring in, in pharmacy benefit managers, in in meat packing situations as well. And I want to back off and say a root cause is overregulation. When you have government overregulation, it creates consolidation of the industry, and we have that in multiple, multiple uh, areas. And it's most of it's inflationary for, for the consumer. All right, an exit question, Senator. My guest, Senator Roger Marshall, also Doctor Roger Marshall from Kansas. Now, this is a Kansas issue, and it may not you may not be fully briefed on it. So I'll give you the out in that in that sense. But a story now brewing uh, Kansas state politicians, and I realize you're a U.S. senator, but state politicians being criticized over the secrecy on a new law that would give over a billion dollars in public subsidies to an undisclosed company. Lawmakers had to sign a non-disclosure agreement to learn what they were voting on. I'm a fan of transparency elected by the citizens. And in principle, this just doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, David, I am aware of the situation, and I don't know what the business is either. Uh, obviously, transparency is one of my guidelines. It's one of my, my values as well. Um, certainly, people elect these uh, folks, so at least they're going to have to answer if it's a bad decision on their part uh, that we can unelect them, right? So I would prefer the transparency route, but I'm going to have to have some faith and trust in our elected officials there as well. Um, I, I hear you loud and clear. All right. See, that's why I like having you on. We can work our way through a number of issues and get in, get a straightforward response, sir. I always appreciate that. Yeah, David, I enjoyed the conversation and uh, appreciate your listeners and hope everybody has a great day. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.